the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Now, I got to admit, this story uh, surprises me a little bit because it comes out of Clintonville, and uh, I'm no expert on the mindset in Clintonville, but I would think it would be to get rid of uh, big, ugly neon signs. It just seems like something that the people of Clintonville would not want. But I guess if something is up long enough, it ceases to be an eyesore and becomes a classic part of the neighborhood. Hence, all of you in the vicinity of 4910 North High Street can relax. The big old sign that used to be there for TJ's Country Place with the arrow on it, it's not going away. Now, this is democracy in action because about 2,500 people signed a petition to keep the sign, even though uh, TJ's moved out of there about a year ago. Uh, They moved just down the uh, street to 4560. North High, but they didn't take the sign with them. And the sign will remain because what will go into that space, formerly occupied by TJ's, is a Chick-fil-A, which also shocks me that in Clintonville, they wouldn't have, if you'd have said, they're going to circulate a petition in Clintonville, and they're going to get like 2,500 signatures on it, and they're going to either be protesting the removal of a big old sign right along the street, or they're going to be protesting the arrival of a Chick-fil-A. I would have taken the latter every single time. But Chick-fil-A, Chick-fil-A got in there, and they're keeping the sign. Maybe to, keep, maybe to make friends in the neighborhood. So uh, Chick-fil-A not open yet. May open next month. But the big sign uh, for TJ's Country Place will survive and it will be there for the Chick-fil-A whenever uh, Chick-fil-A opens his doors. The one thing you know it won't be a Sunday. Now, here's some other uh, fast food related news and economic related news. Dunkin' Donuts is announcing the arrival of their new spiked iced teas and coffees. I was in uh, Kroger today uh, looking for a bottle of orange juice. And I was amazed at the number of different brands of cold drinks. Now, I know they've always been out there. You go to any gas station, convenience store. But there are now like these sparkling like Celsius things and all this. I don't know how people determine their favorites anymore. That's got to be one of the most competitive categories in a store that there is. And into it wades Dunkin' Donuts and the power of the Dunkin' Donuts brand. Dunkin' Spiked will feature four flavors of iced tea, including slightly sweet, half-and-half, strawberry dragon fruit, and mango pineapple. The teas will have a 5% alcohol by volume, according to Duncan. They come in a six-pack. They also will have a 12-pack and a 24-ounce pack. Now, i got to assume they can't sell these at Duncan, because in order to sell these at Duncan, I would assume you'd need a liquor license, right? I mean, that, that's just my logical takeaway. Don't hold me to that. 
but they'll be spiked. So how do they police this at the cash register at Kroger? Oh, they're not going to be sold at Kroger. They're going to be sold at Circle K. No, they are going to be sold at Kroger. Circle K, Kroger, Sheets, Parmar, Meyer, Bueller's, and Fresh Foods. So there you go. You can get your drunk on your Dunkin' Donuts iced tea if you'd like to do that. The last two stories include, uh, or excuse me, refer to two fast food giants. Central Ohio, of course, home of Wendy's, corporate headquarters right there on 161. And Wendy's is going to be spending $20 million for new digital menu boards at its restaurants. It's been a while since I've been in a Wendy's, but I've never really been that confused about ordering in a Wendy's restaurant. Why do they need to spend $20 million on new menu boards? Ah, because they're going to be updating their prices during the day, which is to say they're going to be changing their prices throughout the day in order to get you to pay more during high traffic portions of their business. Lunch and dinner. Your Dave single, I don't know what it costs, but I know this, it'll cost more during lunch and during dinner than it costs at other times of the day. Now, they say they are borrowing this from an Uber pricing model, which means the price will fluctuate depending upon the time of day. But here's my question. Will people alter their days to go to Wendy's after the price drops? I would think if you have any flexibility in your lunch schedule, the answer to that question would be yes. If you don't have flexibility, then you'll have to just pay the extra. There are 35 Wendy's in Columbus. I would have bet more. I would have bet more on that. Now, where did they get this idea? Not just from Uber. From McDonald's. If you've been paying attention, you probably saw a story out of Connecticut in July where, and this was at the high, this was at the, you know, some fast food restaurants when they offer you the ultimate inconvenience, which is to say, like, you pull off to a highway rest stop and there's a McDonald's in there, there's a Dunkin' in there, there's a Wendy's in there. You're going to pay more there than you are at a regular, you know, on a street where there's six fast food restaurants around. You got Burger King, you got Taco Bell. But if you pull into a rest area and there's only one fast food restaurant in there, you're going to pay more. So this was not exactly representative. But in July, there was a story nationally that somebody pulled into a rest stop in Connecticut and ordered a Big Mac combo meal, and it cost 18 bucks. 18 bucks. And so it's, sh- it's stunning to me that a Big Mac is now like five bucks. But McDonald's has done this research, and they've taken it in the shorts for charging more, and so their CEO says that the focus in 2024 is going to be on affordability. Affordability. Now, what could that look like? Do you think they'll rename the Big Mac the Large Mac? (laughs) The not quite as big as it used to be Big Mac? That's one way to make it more affordable, right? Put less sandwich in there. I don't think they'll cut from two patties to one, but they might reduce the size of the patty. A little less special sauce. They can't really reduce the pickles because you're lucky if you get two pickles on a McDonald's hamburger. I'm a stockholder, McDonald's. Don't come after me. I'm just saying. 
When I ask for extra pickles and I end up with three, that's not what I consider to be an extra pickle order. Research firm NetCredit used online data from Grubhub to determine the cost of the same meal in every state. A Big Mac, an order of fries, and a 10-piece order of Chicken McNuggets. NetCredit calculated the national average price, then compared that to the cost in each individual state to find the percentage premium. So you all think this is like willy-nilly done. No, no, no. It's very scientific. For Ohio, NetCredit found, stop complaining, McDonald's is charging 2.3% less than the national average. Oh, boy. Two and almost a half cents less than you're paying in Indiana or Illinois. Uh, Women's Day magazine, they have a say in this, too. Ranks Ohio the 30th most expensive state for a fast food meal. The priciest, this doesn't surprise me, is Alaska, where the meal costs $23.93 for the national average. My wife and I were in Hawaii. Well, it's been a long time. It's been more than a decade ago. But we got into the airport. We were hungry. We pulled off. We went to a Burger King. We walked in, and I was like, we are in a Burger King, right? We're not in a Hyde Park. Like, the prices in Hawaii were nuts. But just to give you an idea of how things change over time, you got to fill your rental car up before you take it back. And I remember when we went to fill our rental car up to go back to the airport, the price of gas per gallon was $2.56. And I turned to my wife and I said, who could live here? Who could live here with two fifty six gas? Little did I know that Obama and Biden were on the way to make $2.56 gas not just seem normal, but seem enviable. <laughs> seem enviable. So there you go. That's your fast food update. I didn't have musical accompaniment for that. But if you can build in some flexibility to your lunch hour, you'll pay less at Wendy's. You can get drunk on Dunkin' Donuts spiked iced tea. And uh, McDonald's is not as expensive here as it is elsewhere. That's relevant information. From the Bruce Hooley Show. Uh, some of you have shared with me the uh, shock, sticker shock, you got when you received your property tax bill this year. Uh, I do think the Ohio property tax system will be overhauled in some way, shape, or form. There's just too much political capital there to be reaped. Uh, by whoever gets their name on the bill and whoever accomplishes the task of helping people who, look, uh, you can get priced out of your home just by the property taxes. And that's what I predicted would happen in Linden and the Hilltop and other places, all these do-gooders who want to keep raising your taxes and raising your taxes for their programs and their special interest initiatives. They don't understand that what they're going to do by hiking people's property taxes, which is where they get their money for those programs, you're going to force people out of those neighborhoods, and then big developers are going to come in. They're going to look at the price of those homes. They're going to say, that's a bargain. Let's buy up a whole block. Let's buy up two blocks. Let's buy up a six-block area. And they're going to gentrify that neighborhood because there are a lot of people who want to live close to downtown. And believe me, those neighborhoods will then become magically safer than they are now. But the property tax system definitely needs some attention. And here is Thomas Hall, a Republican from Madison Township, who says we have a 200-year-old property tax system, and until last year we really haven't put 
property tax as a priority. The problem's not going away. I feel like it's just going to get worse. Yeah, he was talking about the fact that some people's property taxes went up 35%. If you're on a fixed income, that's just untenable. It can't work. Now, one of the things they're thinking about doing is freezing property taxes for seniors. If a person is 70 years or older, their income does not exceed $70,000, and they've owned their home for 10 or more years. Bill's going through committee. We'll see... Some want to lower it to 65 years of age, income no more than 50000 and only a two-year residency requirement, not 10. I favor the initial one. Most people are going to be working in some way, shape, or form until 70. Thank you, Joe Biden. Made it impossible to retire at 65. So we'll see. We'll keep our eye on that. I'm more interested in the building industry of Central Ohio-backed initiative, which every developer is contributing to to take away taxing authority and taxing decisions from local school boards, local fire districts, township trustees, things like that. This is absolutely a thing in the statehouse. The developers deny it. They won't admit to contributing to the lobbying effort. But do you think they want to have to deal with township officials, county commissioners, citizens? Or do you think they just want to go to the statehouse and find their local state representative and go, ah, Could you use a $25,000 donation to your campaign? You could? Oh, shocker. You know what we could use? We could use you to sign off on this bill that would control all the taxing decisions right here in Columbus. It would just be so much more convenient if we didn't have to go out to the districts and actually deal with the people who our policies and our big development projects impact. We just really don't want to, because those people, they're inherently suspicious of us. We don't really want to have to deal with them. That's what I'm much more concerned about. But I'm concerned about a lot of things. You know, I'm very concerned about preserving the authenticity of girls' sports in the state of Ohio. Thank you, Gary Click. Thank you, Jenna Powell. Thank you, Republicans who voted to overturn Mike DeWise's heinous veto. But not all states are as committed to protecting girls' sports as the state of Ohio. In Vermont, a year ago, there was a Christian school, Mid-Vermont Christian School, that forfeited a playoff game against its opponent, Long Trail School, because Long Trail had a boy in a lady suit. Well, now, guess how the uh, mature Vermont High School Athletic Association responded to that? They banned the Christian school, the one that actually had girls playing for it, from competition in the state tournament the following year. Not the school that had the dude playing as a girl. No, no, they're fine. Because, of course, in Vermont, truth is optional. But the coach of the team that got suspended, Chris Goodwin, is defending his decision. He says, I have four daughters. I've coached them all at one point in their careers. I run those practices, and boys just play at a different speed, a different force than girls play. After discussions with our administration and our players and parents, we decided that instead of going against our religious beliefs, that there are differences between male and female, that we are created differently, we decided to forfeit that game and withdraw from the tournament. At that point, the state of Vermont governing body kicked us out of all athletic competitions in the state. So now they have Alliance Defending Freedom suing on their behalf. And here's the quote from the attorney Ryan Tucker. The state of Vermont is basically attempting to purge individuals like 
Chris, that's the coach, and other family members in the state from public discourse, from the ability to speak out on issues of significant public concern. Yeah, that's exactly what they're trying to do. They're trying to cudgel you into silence. They're trying to tell you that what you see is not what you see, and even if you see it, you are guilty for seeing it and drawing a logical conclusion. This is what they're doing with the Lake and Riley murder in Georgia. Jake Tapper, man, is he despicable. How is he dealing with the Lake and Riley murder? Is he talking to her parents? Is he talking to the people who showed up for the vigil yesterday afternoon to memorialize her about what a great young lady she was? No. Jake Tapper last night on the lead said Republicans are, quote, obviously seizing on the murder of a Georgia nursing student committed by an illegal immigrant to attack Joe Biden's immigration policies. Yes. Yes, we are. Because when we attack a policy, we're not like Democrats. We actually provide examples of why the policy is not working, Jake. He says Republicans are obviously seizing on this horrific tragedy at the University of Georgia. This girl, this nursing student, killed by an undocumented Venezuelan migrant. They're seizing on this as an example of Biden's failure to protect the American people and secure the border. Okay, so I have an alternative question, Jake. What would be better? What would be better than pointing out that she was murdered by an illegal immigrant, twice arrested in New York and turned loose both times? Would it be better, would it be more of a tribute to just ignore how she was murdered and who she was murdered by. Would that be better? Because it's one or the other. She's murdered. We either get to talk about who murdered her and why he was free to murder her, by the way, between 9 a.m. and 1 p.m. And it looks like he just did it for fun. Like he disfigured her skull, but there's no reports that he sexually molested her or robbed her. She was running. She probably had no money on her. What would be better? We just, how do we handle this, Jake, Mr. Newsman? It's always a variation, always a variation of Republicans' pounce. Always. Democrats do something stupid that hurt people, that needlessly jeopardize the safety or end the life of someone due to Democratic policies that are ideologically driven, not logically driven. And then you and I notice it, and then we're evil for noticing it. Republicans pounce. How dare you notice? Some things are so heinous we can't turn our eyes away from. And they're so objectionable that we don't want to because we'd like to keep it from happening again. But not Jake Tapper. They're seizing on it. What a despicable person. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. 
with in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.